Shalom, shalom. We shalom. are live. Giving thanks to be alive. Welcome back to the upper room where we loosen and bind the scriptures. Um, I can't wait to get into this topic this evening. Uh, I've been looking forward to this one uh, big time. Um, as per usual, head on over to the uh, Almond House YouTube channel for the full Torah portions, weekly uploaded um, for your full edification. Here in the upper room, as I said, it's all about diving deep and we are diving deep this week. We're getting straight into it. Uh, this week, uh, we're joined by my good brothers, Joseph, Jackie, again, our special guest, Ollie, bringing the glory yet again. Um, <laughs> so without no further ado, let's get straight into it. Ollie, please take us away. Hallelujah. So uh, we're going to be talking about identity today, aren't we? And um, it's such an important topic. Ultimately, when we're talking about identity we're talking about who we are, really, aren't we, at the core of who we are? And it should be a, a question that sh you would think would be quite easy to answer, like, who are you? But I think it, it quickly gets quite profound and quite deep when you start having this conversation of who we are. And on, on face value, if somebody came up to you in the street and said, okay, so who are you? You'd probably say, well, maybe start off with my name. My name's Ollie. And... You know, that's a start, but you've got to ask yourself, are you your name or do you have a name? So if I started calling myself Joe or Darren, that doesn't make me you, right? So, okay, so we're not our name. Our identity is not in that. So if you dug a bit deeper, you might say, well, you know, I'm a dad. I'm uh, a business owner. I have some, uh, I've got these hobbies. I live in Birkenhead. And you start describing yourself. And then you would have to ask yourself, well... Is, is that really what your identity is? If, if your family all disappeared, would you stop being you or would you carry on being you? If you lived in a different city, would you stop being you? If you had a different job, would you stop being you? So, and you quickly start to realise, okay, so my identity is not in the role that I play in my family. It's not in my job. It's not in my bank account. It's not in any of these things, not where I live. So who are you? Who are you? And then, right, you've got to bit, dig a bit deeper. So you probably go, right, well, if you're going to if you're going to get that deep about it, I suppose I'm a I'm a body, I'm a physical being, and I'm in here somewhere. Well, okay, so if you cut your hair or chop your toenails or you get a, a limb amputated, do you stop being you? Right, okay, yeah, I see where you're going there. I'm 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 not my body. I have a body. So and then you have to go even deeper, and then you're going to be looking at right. Uh, my, my, you're going to get onto the level of soul and spirit. And I think now we're starting to get a little bit closer to this, exploring this question of at the core of who we are, you know, um, how, how can we identify ourselves? And the way I see soul, I don't know about you guys, but I think our, our soul is, is our, our personality. It's the essence of who we are. It's unique. It's something that God's given us from birth. But the soul can be used either for the sinful nature or the Holy Spirit. And it's a bit like, have you ever seen a stage light where you can put filters over the top of the stage light? We're like the, the filter. You've got this unique characteristic. And if you shine the sinful nature through it, you're going to be used for, uh, for, for hedonism, for selfish gain, for corruption. Um, it's all going to be self-centered. So, you know, certain attributes that I might say are part of my soul. I'm quite, quite laid back. I'm quite creative. I like music and things. So that could be used for selfish gain. So if I was, 
if, if my, my laid back nature was used for selfish gain, I'd probably end up falling into taking certain drugs for like, like uh, smoking weed. That would all be about peace. Uh, my music and creativity would all be about, um, uh, you know, selfish gain and ego and, and looking, looking cool on stage. I could start putting my identity in that. Um, but yeah, the same soul, the same character can be used by the Holy Spirit, which is why it's being created. And so when we receive the Holy Spirit and we start shining that through our character, then we become a unique, exp- uh, a new way, a, a, a unique way, sorry, to express God's character, his righteousness, his power, his glory, his majesty, um, his, his love, his kingdom culture. We become a, a unique way for God to be able to express all that through us. And that's fundamentally what I want to put my identity in. I want to put my identity in in what I what abides in me now. So if somebody comes up to me and asks me who I am, the full answer is I'm a vessel, I'm a clay pot, I'm a I'm an instrument, I'm a tabernacle, I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, 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 and what he, an he abides in me, right? <laughs> Um, and, and this is open to all people. You know, this is open to all people. The only thing that is requ- required from us to find our identity in Him is faith and repentance. So, you know, when we when we repent, it's simply a process of stopping putting our identity in our old selves and turning to Him and finding our identity in Him, abiding in His presence and turning back to Him. And we've got these two words. We've got the Greek word for repentance, metanoia, which is all about your mind, uh, renewing to putting your identity in him. And then you've got the Hebrew teshuva, which is all about your actions now lining up with this new identity. And both are important. And this isn't a, this isn't a one-time thing. This is, this is something that we're doing every day. Every day, every, we, we approach the Father uh, in our humility, in our flaws, in our weaknesses. And we hold him up to him we, and we reconnect with his presence and his love and his grace and his mercy. And we say, Father, I, I confess about my weaknesses and I ask you to, to forgive me and fill me with your grace and your love and your mercy and your presence and I pray that you can restore my soul and that's where we find our identity Amen, Amen. Hallelujah Hallelujah Amen. Wow, wow. wow What an introduction Thank you Ollie That's beautiful uh, Again <laughs> bringing the glory um, So uh, no pressure lads I mean uh, Identity, where, where do you follow on from that? I thought you had to be a, a Catholic or Protestant. Isn't that, isn't that where your identity yeah, lies? Yeah, surely, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I love how you opened that beginning there, um, going straight to the character and the essence of who we are. And it's funny, isn't it? Because when we, when we first meet someone or we're speaking to someone, um, first you introduce yourselves and then you, you kind of follow up with what you do, you yeah, know, for yeah. a living. Mm-hmm. And it's like this common sort of chit-chat. And in a sense... As, as we know, as we learn in the Torah portions and, and as we read the Bible, um, people's names are their identity, they are their character, they are a self-fulfilling prophecy. And in today's world, when someone asks, oh, Jack, you know, so so you said you're a Christian, are you a Catholic or a Protestant? And it's like, no, you're not quite getting that out there. That's that's the institution, but it's it, it's what I do. It's that that's that's my identity. It's my character, and every. When you start looking that way, every single individual person is somewhat their own institution, you know, their own character, their own ministry, their own priest. Um, they answer before God. And I think it um, starts to put things in alignment with, with, with character, with, of, of the essence of their, their identity. Mm. Hallelujah. Amazing. Hallelujah. Yeah, for me, um, 
identity, it's not just about what we do. It's more about who God is for us, and he is more, always. And, um, you know, everyone wants to, to know what their identity is. And we have to put our identity in Christ always, and he is always more than who we are. I put no confidence in the flesh, Hallelujah. no confidence in the flesh. It's him within me who the Lord is most infatuated with. And this is what we need to come to the fullness of the understanding that, yeah, you know, it's not just about what we do. It's more about who he is for us. Mm. You know, it's not always about what we are doing, but what God is doing in our lives. Amen. Because I think that right there is where we are going to find the fullness of what identity means. Yeah, Amen. definitely. I, I'd agree. And it's interesting, really, because at the core of every man, everyone wants to know um, or, or needs a purpose, you know, or, or, or the identity. Where did I come from? What is my origin? What is the origin of man? And I think this is a question that everyone has, whether it's conscious or subconscious. Everyone wants to know where they come from or where they are going. And I think once you find that identity, it helps guide that path of of, of knowing where, where you go and what your purpose is. I think without that, I think that's when you do become lost, in a sense, in this reality and to, it's funny, isn't it? Because with, with an identity in itself, people will associate themselves to to all sorts of different clubs and ways of life. You know, you have a, you have a club for collecting postcards. You have a club yeah. for um, you know different sports clubs, chess clubs, and people find a somewhat identity to fill that gap, so to speak. Um, but eventually, you know, with with how times progress, things can come out of fashion. Um, these groups can fall apart or, or or these different certain clubs. But I think have an identity in Christ, have an identity um, in, in the heavenly things above and putting your faith in that, I think that's when it steps into the realm of eternal. And, and once it's eternal, once it's spiritual, um, that it, it fully satisfies that carnal nature mm-hmm. of, one, of, of belonging. Beautiful, and I think beautiful. that's how you um, that then begin to put on the new man which we could open up completely in this in this subject of identity of putting off the old man and what is putting on the new man because a lot of people will say when you come into this walk oh you know Jack's changed you know well he's not coming out anymore he's not he's not partying in these in these clubs and he's not doing this he's not you've changed what what's what's different and your identity changes your 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 holy spirit baby. the holy spirit <laughs> your your and and it can be quite surreal for some people to see because it's like, wow, what's changed here? Is it the people he's hanging around with? And it, and it is a supernatural experience that takes oh, place yeah. when oh, when yeah. a new man puts on. And it's so hard to explain um, to to people who haven't had that. You know, um, t- today in work, I was asked, um, you know, Jack, what's your fix? You know, what what what? You know, because I was I come in, I, I had me packed lunch, and he was like, look, you, you know, you don't smoke, you don't. You, you, you know, you, you're just not having a chicken and rice for your dinner. What you know, what is your fix? What what is it? I'm trying to suss you out, and you know what? When you come into this new man, then my identities. You know, for me, for those who've watched my testimony online, of of of, of um, the extreme level of gaming and the hours I was putting in, that old man and that identity that I was clinging to, uh, is, is stripped away, and you find a new identity in Christ. And it's so hard for people in the world not to relate, but that's why we need to um, become relatable to those who, who 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 haven't found their identity and show them what they are missing out on. Show them um, 
that they can find the origin of 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 man and and know the origin of 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 this universe, which which obviously f- um, is Yahweh, you know, Jehovah. He goes by many names by different people, but we know him as the, as the one true God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Love that. Um, just that, as you said at the end, they're being relatable. It's you know being in the world and and not of it. It's, it's that element of of uh, identifying the old man, having experience of it, but when we're not identifying in that anymore. Now, if you look at um, uh, the word identity in Latin, uh, it's a derivative of idem, which uh, translates as sameness. So it's the quality of sameness. So we obviously have revelation by the Holy Spirit that we are saved by Christ. We then uh, identify in Jesus and uh, we put off all the old things and, and walk into walk into the new. As we just touched on there, we have elements of um, how society is tribal. There is a tribalism is, is it, it, it runs through every element and it's a bit of a dirty word within within sort of uh, modern modern times to be tribal we're we're not we're above the animals we progressed further than than tribalism now I'll, I'll tell you what my tribe is i'll tell you where i'm where i'm coming from because of christ jesus so um with that being said uh we've got this theme of of, of the old man and the new man so so Let's let's delve into to what that means. It, leaving the old man behind and, and walking into into the new creation. Yeah, man. Yeah, I am. It's beautiful. You know, we are that new creation in Christ. There was a time when I used to go around telling everyone that, like, I had an anger issue, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I've got I've got an anger problem." And then the ruach told me that it wasn't that I had an anger issue. It was that I lacked patience and I lacked joy and I lacked happiness and I was lacking in love. And the Ruach told me that the angry man was dead in the waters of baptism. Amen. And it was an area that I just needed to improve on more by practicing the presence of God and eating at the banquets of the light that we call his word, his fellowship his intimacy you know a lot of people say well oh i just i suffer with anxiety no you're lacking trust and faithfulness that anxious man died in the waters of baptism you're a new creation in christ oh i suffer with depression no you're just not experiencing the fruit of the spirit because the opposite to depression is joy is delight is confidence is serenity these are all the fruits of the spirit so we have to not speak these things over ourselves because they are the fleshly outward man. The inward man is the image of Christ. Absolutely. Oh, man. And, it, and it can be, um, there's a battle in the mind going on, I think, for all of us. You know, I, 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 on a weekly basis, I have times where I start taking my focus off of Yeshua and onto my flaws and feel like I'm not good enough. It does you know, yours is weekly, mine's probably hourly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, and, and before before you know it, you're like hindering your, yourself and saying that you can't do certain things or stepping out in certain things. You know, in your mind, this is going on because you, you're aware of the last time you've you've fallen or, you know, and I'm not talking about serious sin issues, you know, breaking 
breaking commands and stuff. I'm just talking about the times where, you know, you, you, you're being a bit impatient or um, you've not treated somebody with the love that you that you that you would treat them with if you were fully connected with Christ in you those all those times and and you end up taking your focus off of Yeshua and, and onto your, your your own flaws and self and and it kind of like blocks the plumb line from from heaven mm. you know to operate in in the fullness of what what we have so I think there there is that battle this putting off the old putting on the new it's yeah, I, I'm I'm into the, the to the metanoia, the renewal of the mind in terms of just mentally focusing on Him, getting back into His presence. If we're doing that through worship or the Word or fellowship, whatever it is, or prayer, just getting back into that, getting back into His presence, getting back into the Spirit, uh, and that for me, that's where the the new man comes from. That we're we're born again, born from above. It's an experience of now finding our ent- identity in in Christ, the resurrected resurrection life, and and sourcing our whole being and our whole desires from that, not based on my last fall. You know. Yeah, yeah. beautiful, bro. Thank, thanks for that, bro. You know, I can relate to that because for me, I can go from warrior to warrior. In a few seconds, mate, you know, but praise be to Yah that we have access to that instantly, spontaneously. you know, we can access that very quickly and this is his redemptive nature and I think this is why Teshuva comes up as well because we can, we can course correct and we can change very quickly and I think repentance or Teshuva in the Hebrew, which is more of a beautiful word because it means to turn direction, to change, to go the other way. Um, it's got more of a course correction. You know, we get this idea like repentance. It's mm. this like morbid, sorrowful thing. And, you know, it may have that attached to it as well, but really in the Hebrew, it's so much more enlightening because it's it's a course correction. It's like you've you've dropped off the path. It's time to get back on it. And you've got access to it, you know, and you have opportunity. You have permission. And um, I, I just love teshuva in the Hebrew and the understanding and of I it. Think it's just, a privilege. Just to elaborate on that teshuva, I think it, it can mean to, to step into the light. Yeah, exactly. Come back into exactly. the light. So again, it's that external, the external light, the external spirit that, that's shining, as you mentioned at the top of the show, that's, that's shining uh, through us. So like you say, you get permission, you're invited to, to come back in and um, there's no better place to be when you're, when you've acknowledged and, and, and you've seen your weakness and then you get the opportunity to come back into his light and he gives us the opportunity to try again. Beautiful, beautiful. And it's it's instant, you know. A lot of people <coughs> think, you know, I've got to do X, Y, and Z. But really, you know, his grace is so, so powerful. And um, I do believe that teshuva, repentance, it's one of the greatest privileges that we have. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's one of the greatest privileges we have on this walk. And sometimes when we're, we're repenting, it can be uh, a bit solemn because we might be kind of disappointed and hurt with where we've just been. But that's not mandatory, is it, for repentance? You can do repentance joyfully. It doesn't doesn't have to be this kind of Catholic sorrowful thing. It's just getting back into the glory, and you know, and and I think um, conviction as well in the Holy Spirit is different to. The, the condemnation that you feel when you feel guilty about something like well, sometimes when I'm convicted in the spirit, you're just overwhelmed with him and how his goodness and, you know, it can flood you with emotion just 
and repentance is just getting back in there, isn't it? Oh man, beautiful. It's um, it's an interesting one, like you said. Just uh, just exploring the different shades of teshuva. I mean, we're we're not instructed, but I, I feel like we should hate sin. We hate our sin. We hate the sin within us. We hate our fallen nature. And I think that's part of the disappointment and the brokenness of, of when we do teshuva. Like you say, it could be a, it could be a major faux pas. It could be a, a, a minor. But we're grown through the spirit to, to, to dislike and to hate the, the sin that, 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 is, that is in us. And uh, it's, an interesting, um, it's an interesting process to go through. And I think that is, like you say, the conviction of the spirit. And praise Yah, um, we have that, uh, dif- that. That's what separates us. That's what separates us. Like, I, I'm not holier than now. I, I'm not more righteous than you. My righteousness is nothing but, but filthy rags. But because his gift, his gift of teshuva enables me to look through his eyes and see what he's looking at me as rather than how I'm seeing myself. So praise you for that because it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful process that only he can, can do in us. Mm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Just them. Kind of linking what Joe and Darren were saying about hate and sin and this identity of um, sometimes this, this the sin we can be attached to. It's interesting, really, because you know my my spirit, you know my my spirit um, wants wants to always go upwards. You know, you could say, but my flesh and my soul wants to keep me down. You know, and I just love how Ollie said. Um, you know, I, I I believe obviously we have our we have our flesh, our, our physical bodies, which is the five senses of or feel the five senses of reality, so to speak. And you have your soul, which is kind of torn in, in the middle. It it it's it's the decision maker whether to do good or bad, whether to say yes or no, to go left or right. And then you have your spirit, which is always longing to 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 be with God. At least this is how I see it within the scripture, and. I guess before I come to read the Bible, before I came to have a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit, I didn't really, I I knew what bad was, but I didn't really know um, what sin was. And I think there's a level, I think, I think sin, um, once we come into this walk, we start having them convictions through the Spirit about the smallest things, you know, me and Joe always, always laugh, like we might pick something up in the supermarket and it might be a packet of crisp, and like we might be in the fruit and veg aisle, and we can't bother. To we decide we don't want this packet of crisp, so we'll just put it next to the oranges and just <laughs> go to the queue and just just go to the checkout. But then there's something inside of us which is like, you know, are you really gonna leave that packet of crisp in that in that orange aisle? You know, you need to go back. You need to put it back where the crisp. Someone else is gonna have to move this along and you know may, maybe that guy might get shouted at because the manager um realizes he's not doing his job and he's left a packet of crisp there all day in the orange aisle and he just hasn't seen it and it's that deep level of conviction which i think you know i think i think we all do have it at some level there's that spirit within us but it's until it becomes born again renewed and um, this this spirit that that we really start um um, opening our ears, so to speak, you know, as as Joe brought up in the teaching this week, um, he says, um, Yeshua said, "Those with ears, let them hear." He wasn't talking about, he wasn't speaking to deaf people. He was speaking to people, um, who who, who was hard of spiritual hearing, and and I guess what I'm trying to say in this is linking it to identity. Is we need to be careful that we don't allow our flesh, allow our soul to become hardened to sin, 
because what happens then is that we start solidifying this identity of of, of negative connotations in our life. So, and society today, I believe, you know, depression is on an all-time high. Uh, all these different characteristics within people are on an all-time high. And I do believe it can come from other causes, maybe mineral deficient, maybe it was born that way. Who knows? We do live in a fallen world. But when we start identifying and accepting depression, accepting these things as part of our identity, we leave no room for healing. And I think this is the, this is the danger zone. And the world promotes these the, the, these these words and tries to put them as a, a positive spin on them. Which which I guess if you if you don't have the spirit, if you don't know you can you can be can be healed from these things. You can, it, you know, it, it's a patch. It's a patch. That's what it's doing. It's kind of glossing over it. So I think when we start coming into the identity of Christ and realize that he can break these chains in our lives, whether that's addiction, and it goes all the way down to. Um, not putting that packet of crisp back where it belongs. That's that that that's the difference, and that's and that's I guess that's the beauty in it. That that's the beauty in this walk is that we have that interaction, we have that internally, and it starts to clean the cup from the inside, so to speak, and then that comes uh, positively positively on the outside. Amen. Amen. And you know, bro, I think that leads into the topic of responsibility. Yeah, because even Yeshua says, "Clean ye the inside of the cup." And the outside will become clean. And there is a level of responsibility that comes with this newfounded identity. We're all about the inheritance that we have in this newfound identity. We're all about the gifts that we have in this newfound identity and the mindset that we have. But responsibility is something that we then have. Mm. Because as it says, he who is trusted in little shall be given much more. You know the scripture. Mm -hmm. And there is a level of responsibility that we have as... Um, yeah, I mean, even, even when you're in the world and, and, and up up until today, I, I should imagine we've all been brand ambassadors at some point in our sort of vocations. So you're wearing the uniform, you've got your name badge on, you're working for the company. Any time that you're on their time, whether it be in work or in public, you have a... a a duty. A duty, a responsibility, a rule book, a protocol, uh, a boundary, uh, and an example to set to others. And all of those facets come into play and come to life by the Spirit when you start to see it in the context of representing Christ here on earth. Yeah. And um, boy, what a responsibility. Yeah. Um, yeah. As Yeshua says, you know, my, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Um, so if we're walking in these um, statutes and these ordinances by the Spirit, then hallelujah, what, what a blessing it is. But like you say, it's, it's a heavy, heavy responsibility that, that we have. A heavy responsibility, and I think the answer, though, to that is attitude. I think attitude is everything inside of responsibility, mm. you know, which, again, it, it goes full circle because it's mindset again. But I think our attitude is massive, you know, it's huge. Um, and I think we have, to, we have to frame things correctly with that responsibility, with that right attitude. In order to 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 be productive in 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 our calling, yeah, I guess um, again, I'm just you know riffing on this. If you start to really examine the the, the weight of the responsibility and in, you know the the dynamics to to the walk, in, 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 and you're too analytical, you're too uh, focused on that, you could easily become overwhelmed. And we probably all have had those moments in our journeys where we're like, Lord, I can't do this. I, I'm not made for this, but then you get back into the word, you see the promises, 
and um, you know that it's in our weakness um, that he will be made strong and it's him that's doing the work. And I'm just speaking from my personal experience at this point in the game, at this point in the walk, every characteristic that comes from me that is good, every deed that comes from me that is good, anything that is deemed anything to do with goodness is not me. It's all it all pours from the wisdom uh, and, and the spirit that comes from Yeshua. It's all pointing to him and his characteristics. And it's not about me because if it was up to me, I'd be making a complete mess of this. It w- I wouldn't be able to handle the responsibility. But by his grace, by his goodness, I'm able to run this run this walk. I don't know how you guys feel about that at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Something about the the zitzits that I like as well when it comes to representing Christ, you know, because I remember when um, I first came in into this and I, I put on zitzits for the first time and I remember being proper embarrassed about it, man, like going into business meetings with my suit on and I'm, um, uh, and I'm with my, my business colleagues and they're like, what, what have you got on your trousers? And I'm wearing these zitzits and, and it came, it really actually showed me that, I quite liked blending in with the world. You know, I didn't like to stand out too much. But then when I started putting it on these eat seats and they're really representing the commands and the you know, the righteousness and our, our king, ultimately, that we're following him, you know, you're making a, a stand, aren't you, in your own head that, in fact, you, you're going to represent Christ in, uh, even if it doesn't fit in with the world's expectations. And you start pushing through that awkwardness at first, uh, and um, and then on the other side of it, you end up having this opposite thing where you're just like proud of them. You're like proud of your king, and you're mm. just you, you you want people to ask you about it because yeah, this is this is what I stand for. This is this is a part of my identity that I am um, following my my Messiah, my King. I'm um, following the commands, um, and 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 this is this is who I'm representing. Yeah. So so with that being said. Um, we touched on last week about the the relationship between the physical and, and the spiritual, mm, um, yeah. the symbology and how it actually uh, has a relationship with that. Yeah. Would you guys attest to, to that being the case with things like whether it be seat seats, uh, the way we conduct ourselves in public? There is a, a relationship in the spiritual. So we're all talking yeah. about the heart change and what it means in the heart. But um, yeah. W- how would you see that relationship? Well, I think this is the, the potency of covenant because covenant means partnership, doesn't it? Yeah. So so we've got a partnership, so we get to be like co-authors with the Father. To, so the, we're making a statement with our Zitzis and our identity, but ultimately he's making the statement because he gave us the instruction and the mitzvah. Mm-hmm. So the, the beauty of the covenant is we have this powerful spiritual partnership with the Lord where we get to to, to, to be co-authors with him in this declaration mm. and in this statement that he is making ultimately. And, you know, we are making a statement to them by wearing it, but it's ultimately him making the statement of his goodness and how he's given us wedding vows and we get to represent him. Yeah. Yeah, just on Zitzi, it's just for anyone who's um, viewing online, it's just a, a little white um, white and blue string that's attached to, um, it says to attach to the four cor- uh, corners of your garments. Mm. And it's in it's actually scriptural. So, um, you know, a lot of people wear crosses. A lot of people wear, um, what should Jesus do? Bracelets. Um, but this is actually the only thing we see in scripture that 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 we're actually commanded to wear. Hallelujah. Um, and in terms of identity, for me, zitzit. I think they can be 
quite dangerous because it is a it is a physical um so it is a physical sort of a, a attribution you can you can put on and for me how i understand zitzit within scripture is that he was given after um after israel the, the nation of israel and we're talking about um that country in in um in the middle of east i'm talking about um is israel um in, in a spiritual sense they was um, there was a heartless. They broke essentially broke the covenant, um, and and God gave them the seats to remind um, the, the individual to to not break away from the commandments. You know, the, people may ask what what why why have they got blue in them? I like to say, well, if you look up in the sky, what, what you know towards God, what color is it? You know, it's blue. Uh, it can also represent um, and the commandments blue. Uh, and white purity, but f- for me, just 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 what I'm trying to get her here is, I, I like I like ZTs. It's great. I, I like seeing everyone in the fellowship with ZTs on. If I'm out in public, if I see someone with ZTs, you know, there's not many um, starts having a tour party. <laughs> but 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 I have but I have, and I'm like wow, amazingness. You know, I remember someone turned when we first started these meetings. Someone turned up and he was wearing ZTs, and I was like Joe. He's wearing seat seats, you know. The, the, the guy's wearing seat seats, and it's it just once we once you start wearing, they stick out like a sore thumb when when, when you, you know some other people. And it's like, wow, you're part of the tribe, you know. It's the identity, but for me, it's it, it's very dangerous, very very dangerous, because I think it, it 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 should be first and foremost. Um, why you should wear these is for God and, and and that relationship and that covenant between you and God. If you're wearing them to fit into a, a tribe, so to speak, yeah. I think you've got it all wrong. And all again, wrong. Yeah. You, you, you're slipping into this identity, which isn't you, because um, if you're wearing them for a tribe, then then that's that's you know that's not you. You're wearing them for someone else. So it needs to be an inward change before you wear them. I remember I wrestled back and forth for months whether I should wear these. And, 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 you know, the, the my teacher, um, spiritual leaders at the time would say, you know, brother, where's your teeth? And I was like, look, I, I need to investigate this for myself. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's, it's a journey for, for every individual um, to, to wear them or not. I do believe now it is a commandment to wear them. And I think there's a great um, blessing in, in wearing them. And I actually had quite a opposite effect compared to Ollie. Um, when I wore these, I, I finally put them on and I was like, yes, I've got seat seats on. Yeah. I finally conquered it. I'm, you know, I don't care. I've died to me old man. You know, if my, if, if my butt, you know, I grew up in a in quite quite a rough background where we all wear black tracksuits and and um, skinheads and, 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 and these would stick out like a sore form. And, and even if you wore like the wrong designer, you would get absolutely you slammed hammered. for, hammered. hammered for. So to wear these was a real big test for me. And I eventually put them on, and as soon as I put them on, no one noticed <laughs> at all. Yeah, not, not, not a soul noticed. And I actually went for like, I think it was like a year before I first got the first comment on it. And and again, I guess it comes back into this whole identity because we take our phones out with us when we leave our home. We put on our stylish necklace. You know, we might put our hair up. But but what are we doing? Are we are we are we putting our zitzit on? Are we mm-hmm. putting that that the, the the spiritual garment, so to speak? And I think, um, I think it all plays into it. I, I think I think you know it, it's a walk, isn't it? It, it, it you know we, we always describe us believers. Oh yeah, we're on the walk. You know, it's not a run. It's not a race. It's a it's a walk. So so walk that through. Walk that through with your fo- with the Father. I think and um, I, I, I think. If, you, if you're listening to the Spirit, if you've got them here, I, I think you'll come to the same conclusion if you're seeking that truth. 
Yeah, thanks, Jack. I think the important thing to take from that is that you look at it's dangerous if you're going to start doing this because you know you want belonging or yep. you want to be part of the club. That's or like a no go. Yeah, a religious tick or box. Or just wearing on wearing them on the Saturday and then the, yeah. Next, yeah. the rest six days yeah. taking them off. You know, I, th- I think I think it's a big one. You know, I, re- I, one, I really I really well, do. As as the scripture says, that sin is transgression of the law. But Paul also tells us that sin is also when we do something not done in faith. All right, so when we act unfaithfully and we're starting to try and do something and we don't have faith in it, all right, because ultimately then we're doing it for alternative reasons and not for the covenant and the partnership that we have with God. Yeah. I love that. And um, again, just for the for the sake of transparency, um, when I first came to the Torah walk, I was zealous on fire. I was wearing the seat seats, no hint of embarrassment, strike up conversations, all the rest of it. And for, for, a, for a period of time, I, I stopped wearing my seat seats because I came to a point in my relationship and in my sanctification where my heart wasn't right. I, was, I had heart issues in my relationship with the Lord without going into the too deep and personal. It's, it, I didn't feel like I could re- represent God in an exterior way in that way because I'd, I knew there was something that had to be reconciled in my heart before I could, I, I could step out in that way. So um, that was just my personal experience. And when, when I came, when I, when I worked my way through that, I felt comfortable wearing them again. I felt like I could represent again because I didn't feel like I was representing Christ right in my heart. Uh, and I needed to get that right in order to represent it in the right way, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense to me, bro, yeah. And uh, I think we go through these things ourselves and... You know, just just some encouragement for anyone who may be feeling like that. There's been times when, you know, I've been ready to do the Parsha. There's 30 people here, 40 people. It's chocker. You know, there's people from all over the country coming. And I'm like, not feeling great. And I'm like, oh, maybe there's a bit of reproach. What? That just this has happened. And how can I go out and do this now today? You know, and I'm praying that prayer. And I heard the audible voice say, you know, it's not you. It's me. Don't take any glory for what I'm doing. I'm doing this, and I was like, oh, Shema, Amen, Amen, you know. And uh, what I'm getting at is it's that imputed righteousness again, bro. It's in spirit, so yeah, you may get something wrong, you may have something going on, but it's the inward man that's putting these on. It's the delight of the inward man to walk it out. Paul says, you know, I'm the worst of them all, you know, the things that I want to do, I don't do. You know, we know know the scripture. And uh, he's saying... And we were told that the, the flesh is at enmity with the spirit, mm. you know? So, yeah, just bringing it back to that identity. Um, I guess, you know, with all these different clubs, chess club, postcard club, whatever you want to call it. Postcard club. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving away the secrets. Um, so, I, I, you know, all, the, all these different clubs, you know... This is the thing: is that say if you messed up in them, or if you did, if you did so did something bad, what what would expel you from this this club? Um, see, this is the thing: when we put our identity in Christ, we learn from the scriptures is that um, you know He is the only one who is worthy. You know He is the only one in Revelation who can who can open the seals. So when we understand that, even when we are low, when we when we do mess up. That's when we can come and we can we, we we can have Christ as our identity. No longer this club, my prestige. I've got this many honors. I've got a bachelor's degree. That's no longer your identity anymore because your identity 
is in Christ, which is which which is God, and 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 once you start rolling into that, is 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 when you become an unstoppable force for the kingdom. Ultimately, because you can be on your lowest day, and in the word says, when you are made weak, He is made strong. It's always um, to elevate Him. When you do anything, as my brother said, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's it's about God working through you, and then that's the great that's the greatest testimony. That's that that that's the greatest. Um, t- time you can act when when you've got Christ flowing through you in that in that setting. I think you, what you touched on is really important, especially when it comes to following the commands. We've looked at how you could try, put on seat seats to try and gain some kind of you know religious I- identity. Um, yeah. Do you think that's that's the same for all the commands that you can get into doing these things for the hundred percent? I've fell victim to, join, to that many times. To join a, join a definitely group, yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's um, that's one reason that some some of our brothers and sisters in Sunday Church are very reluctant to even consider any of these things because they just associate all of them with people trying to attain self righteousness, whitewashed tombs, looking good on the outside, but inside, you know, they're they're rotten. So um, how do we how do we combat that then? I think um, I think what what uh, might surprise the Sunday folk is when they hear that the Torah. Uh, uh, the Torah guys is when we when we preach Christ crucified, when we look to the cross and we say this should be the foundation of um, letting go of the old man and identifying into the into the new man. That we keep going back to Calvary, we keep going back to Yeshua and what He did for us in order to to live this uh, uh, live this life. Um, a, a beautiful blend of obedience and sanctification and, and by his spirit, not by our works, because we love him and and, and, and all the rest on that. And I know, Joe, you've, you've touched on previously in our conversations before about Satan loves to remind us of the old man. Satan will keep bringing us back to that old man, whereas if we're, we're, we're in Christ, we're, we're yeah. living by the spirit, we're not being pulled back into those same, same tropes that we yeah. were once uh, a slave to. Yeah, I believe that that Satan is is can only accuse the old man. How, how can he? How can he accuse the new man? You get me. Mm. He can only accuse the old man. And we live in a system, a beast system that that is constantly resurrecting the old man every single day. You know, it's systematically designed to resurrect the old dead man every single day because it's just programming people to get in the flesh period um i think this is this is a good point now to make on our identity in christ which then gives us an identity as fellow citizens of the covenant you know of israel and i think um it would be good to to chat about that Mm. and how we have our identity in a spiritual israel in a nation in a kingdom of priests in an assembly in 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 a set apart uh, nation that that obeys a different law that does different things um that are not governed by man but governed by the ultimate one yeah over and i think it's 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 good for us to now turn our focus to our identity in that spiritual israel and what that means and what that looks like because i believe the church is having an identity crisis bro you know we just mentioned on the church and how we combat that you know, I think that they're having an identity crisis because they don't know their true identity 
and the fullness of their identity in Christ, which is an identity in Israel because Christ identified with Israel. In fact, he's the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel, you know? And and when we get onto this, it then it then it then gives us a new broad and spacious understanding of what the covenant is to us and how the covenant is a partnership and how we're called to be a light to the world in the beginning and in the end. And the commandments are tailored for that. So, you know, I I think this would be a good time to, to switch our focus on what it means to us to be that spiritual Israel and how we identify with it because the reason why the church don't keep the Sabbath, they don't do the ZTs and they, they, they don't eat the, you know, they don't eat uh, what they, they, they don't eat clean. They don't eat kosher, so to speak. It's because they don't identify themselves with the covenant keepers of the Old Testament. When really the church has always been Israel. You know, Stephen in his proclamation he tells us that the church began at the wilderness at Sinai with Moses. You know, and, um, and we see a new man being formed, new men, and um, being formed in the Old Testament. It's not a new. Um, no, testament concept. We see, not a new we see Moses, don't we? You know, look at Moses. He was um, slow of speech, slow of tongue. He had the burn and bus experience, which you could say was an encounter with the Spirit. You know, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, and the Word. We we know was baptism it. by fire. Baptism you know? by fire. And then what do we see? We see him to go on to step into his ministry. And then by the by the end of his ministry, he's he's given this incredible speech at the end of the, in, in Deuteronomy which to me, he has put off the old man in that sense, so to speak. So I think that's one, one, one element to, to, to look at it is, is we, can, we can box ourselves in with, with Scripture. And when we see these themes um, running right throughout, and I guess with the commandments as well, um, we, we, do, we don't um, wear these to be saved, so to speak. The Zetites to be saved, this doesn't grant me um, any more salvation than the next man, and, and that's it. Can be quite confusing for for for, for the um, Christians or Sunday Church because they're like, well, well, why are you doing? Why are you doing the law then? Why are you trying to? Why are you trying to keep the law? And I'll say, well, look, I'm I'm trying to observe the law to the best of my ability because um, to be Christ-like is 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 to observe the law. He keep all he kept all the festivals in the Bible. He didn't once do. Um, you know, Christmas, he didn't invent, invent that holiday when, when he was about to let's have a big party on my birthday, um, which isn't the 25th of December. You know, he he um, he was eat seats. We see that in scripture. He was eat seats. You know, he 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 lived the, the, the law out to its fullest. And people say, well, if you keep one, of the, if you keep one law, um, you've got to keep them all and you can't keep them all. So you broke them all. Well, that's not true because. Um, you know, we know we know Christ Himself kept more than one law. He said, "What did He say?" He said, "You need to um, love God with all your heart, strength, and soul. And you need yeah. to love your neighbors, love yourself." Yeah. So there's two straight away. So you, you know, there's more than one, um, and, and he, he preached that. So I, th- I think it, again, it's this it's this churchianity, so to speak, um, where, where traditions of men have been passed down. Unfortunately, whether that's been on. Um, where people have tried to influence it and, and corrupt this on purpose, or whether it's just through, being through the lack of knowledge, you know, and, and, and as we read in the Word of God, the traditions of men um, make make the Word of God no effect. So we, so, so we, we, we don't know if this is, well, it, could, it can be both. It can be both. But what we're trying to say is now is, is that as we draw closer to the end, you know, we, 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 we can um, all research these things ourselves. We all have access to Bibles. We, can, we all have multiple translations and languages, 
um, that we can read the Bible in to get the, fu- the fuller context. And this is the reason why the Messianic Torah observing group, so to speak, I hate to even put labels on things, but it's on the rise. This is why what it's on the rise. What do you identify what, what? <laughs> Are you a Catholic? Are you a Protestant? See, again, it's, yeah, this, it's, this, it's title, this title, you know, and, and for me, you know, the early believers was called the way. They, they, was, they was followers of the way. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. It's just so simple. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's almost, it, it's not even a name in itself. It's just, it's just a path. And I think I, I think this is what people are getting onto now. It's like this is why this movement, so to speak, is it, which isn't new. It's 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 being uncovered again and and we're uh, all revealed again. You could say his name's being revealed and um, God God God's name and keeping these commandments and laws. So what I'm trying to um, get out here is is uh, it's the traditions of men that are being broken one by one. With all due respect to the Sunday Church, there's empty buildings up and round all the UK. Yeah. Fantastic buildings, work of art, and, and 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 men of God did used to occupy them. You know, I don't want to slag off our our, our Sunday um, um, church brothers and sisters. You know, there's been some great men of God who know the scriptures. I still listen to many sermons, and um, but what I'm saying is now that there is a revelation that's taking place. There's an awakening. You know, our fellowship yeah. is growing. All over the all over the US and 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 this is the this is all stemming back to finding the identity in Israel and being a citizen of, of Israel, whether that's Hallelujah. grafted in, um, in, in, into that. Yeah, beautiful man. Well, I was going to say, um, we could probably spend the whole the whole podcast discussing the the tropes of ethnic israel and and the pitfalls that that we know that's out there within the body whether it be the the hebrew israelites whether it be any one of these kind of um almost tribal uh, uh holders of of this title of who are true israel putting that to the side what do you think the the what what does it mean to be spiritual israel what what is the protocol what what, what are we following how do we identify as, as a spiritual israel is something i'd, I'd, I'd throw out there I'll jump on it then. <clears throat> so I think in 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 Western modern day Christianity, all all Christians in mainstream Christianity know that Jesus was Jewish and that the uh, apostles were as well and the early church were. They know that they were doing the, the Shabbat and the biblical feasts and the and, and the dietary laws. They do know it logically, but you fast forward like two thousand years and we start thinking of uh you know if, if we're if we're if we're raised as a christian in england or the us you you start thinking of these countries as christian nations because we've got the queen who's the the head of the church of england you've got the constitution in america that's founded on christian beliefs and we're sending uh ministry um uh people on missions missionaries to like africa and china and um, and the Middle East, and we feel like we're kind of at the f- the Western world is kind of at the forefront of Christianity because we're the the Christian nations, uh, so, so to be it. And the danger is that we can become very detached from the Hebraic roots of of our faith. And in fact, f- when you think about Christianity back in school when we had religious education and stuff when you when you try to describe what christianity is you're probably going to associate it with christmas and, and easter and just the new testament teachings and following jesus and you might be thinking you know of of this kind of western westernized version of it and jesus with blonde hair and blue eyes 
and, and it's very detached. And then when you talk about Jews or Jewish people, the, the first connotation that you have is probably not to associate it with Jesus and the apostles. You're probably going to start thinking about Orthodox Judaism. Uh, you might associate that with the, the Shabbat and the biblical feast of the dietary laws. You might associate that with the Pharisees and rejecting the New Testament, rejecting the Messiah, um, and, and then also associate all that with the Old Testament. So then you've got these kind of two camps, and it's the question is, well, who do you identify with? Are you in the Christian camp? Are you in the Jewish camp? Uh, and and it blows people's minds when you say that you're kind of like, no, I do follow the Messiah, but I also do the Shabbat. And I'm in like, that what? sweet spot. I'm in the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the pocket. And like, no, you can't. You can't do that. You're either this or that. And what you you mix in law and grace. You you do, are you are you part of a Jewish sect now? Are you are you in a in a Jewish cult? What what's going on? And people start freaking out. And how come how come you, you and your thirty friends in your little home group have got it right and the rest of the world's got it wrong and, you, and before you know it, you're just like whoa whoa I'm not saying any of this stuff and and <clears throat> the danger is if we're if we're pigeonholing Christianity as this westernized version that we've got uh, in modern day the the sad thing is that we lose out on a massively rich heritage that goes back thousands of years uh, and there's a whole context to our faith that we've been grafted into that you just miss out uh, and and um, the, the other thing is it creates a divide uh, a divide between the Jew and the Gentile as well that just should not be there we know that in scripture in the New Testament it says in Christ there's not Jew or Gentile and so when when we're talking about, you know, what what do we identify in terms of our faith? I've got people asking me, like, well, what do you even call yourself? What mm. denomination are you? Uh, when when we we're, when we're trying to have that conversation, we have to scrap these concepts and connotations that people have with modern day Christianity and Judaism or whatever. Just scrap it and go back to the Bible, and we see God's plan to unfolding throughout the Bible, throughout history of how He wants to bring redemption about. And he selected a, uh, a small group of people, a family, so that would become a nation, which is the, 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 the Hebraic Jewish people, and there would be a light unto the world, and the seed of Abraham, the Messiah, would come through them and, be, uh, and bless all nations. And when he did come as a Jew and the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, it was 3,000 Jewish people that received the Spirit, Hallelujah. and they didn't change their religion when they received the Spirit. It was a fulfillment of what what had been happening for for thousands thousands of years prior to that. And so, the the in in Romans one, Paul talks about um, the, the the gospel being for the Jews first, and then the Gentile, and then. As the apostles went out, the Gentile believers in the nations, they're grafted in to this faith, to this heritage that had been going on for thousands of years Hallelujah. beforehand. And so I know for me personally, uh, waking up to this, it opened up this this heritage, this rich heritage, and it opened up the Bible in a new way where like the Old Testament just blew me away that it's all pointing to Yeshua and there's only one faith in the Bible. Um, and, and that was really profound for me. And if there are any people kind of listening out there who are new to this, um, I just want to encourage you, like a couple of testimonies, the, the way I came into it is because my wife was at a, uh, a difficult time in her life and she cried out for help, and she heard from from Yah, read the front and the back of the book. And this 
she, she didn't know why she was hearing that because she'd been a Christian for years and she'd read the whole Bible. So why read the front and the back of the book? But then she started reading it again and God started opening her eyes to how she could actually identify with this one faith that happens from the start of the Bible to the end of the Bible. It's not split into two different religions, it's one faith. And then we started meeting people. God brought us um, friends in a supernatural way that we were connecting with. One of our dear friends now, uh, she went on a a 40-day fast. She'd been raised in um, Pentecostal land. Uh, She'd been uh, walking in the gifts of the Spirit her whole life um, in Sunday church. She hears from the Lord to go on a 40-day fast. And the, the one word that she gets from these 40 days was that Moses is your friend. And it blows her mind. She's like, I, I went on a 40-day fast just to hear that. <laughs> you know what? And she starts reading the Torah with the new eyes. And then similar to our testimony, she starts seeing that, that the, 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 this heritage that we have um, is, is really important for us to, to know, to give context to our faith. And I've met countless, countless people where the Holy Spirit, the power of God, is revealing this to, to people and it opens up your faith. It's almost like being born again again if you've been in Sunday Church Spirit-filled. You get this new like eye-opening experience that just rocks your walk, you know. Yeah. Hallelujah. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful. And their story is our story, bro. It's so relatable. Yeah. You know, we've been in calamity under 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 bondage. We're pulled out with, with an outstretched arm of great signs and wonders. The blood of the Lamb redeems us from death we're taken out and we go into a wilderness we pass through the waters of baptism we feast on the bread of life the manna we wash in the water the water of the flowing rock that 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 hydrated the nation and we're on route to the promised land we face fiery serpents we face giants but we are being led into an inner land of promise with joshua yahoshua yeshua as our conquering king that will plant us in a fixed promised land of paradise. Amazing. Their story is our story. It yeah. just goes on and on and on and on. And they were the type of shadow type and shadow of us. They were the example for us. Yeah, I've just got a, I've got a scripture here just to back up what you're saying, Ollie. Yeah. It's in um, Ephesians chapter two and it's um from verse eleven, but I'm just gonna just just to Keep it sweet. I, I understand that. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go from. Actually, I'm just gonna go from verse twelve. It says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So it's saying when you have when you when you're without God, you are an alien. You are a stranger to becoming the commonwealth of Israel. And then in verse 13, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Near to what? Near to being up to being the commonwealth Hallelujah, of Israel. Man. So that's, Hallelujah. to me, I, I just see that um, scripture so, so, uh, so potent. Because once we start understanding our heritage it, it, it gives the fullness of our identity you know i don't worship i worship the god of abraham isaac and jacob i don't worship the god of santa claus the easter bunny and ishtar you know <laughs> <laughs> um we, we we go back to the abrahamic root um which which begins with faith you know i'm i'm, I'm keeping these uh, observing these laws um in faith in faith of uh, um of the most high 
you know, it's 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 Abraham had had great faith, didn't he? And this is where, um, w- when we go back to the to the heritage of of this walk, um, when we see these patriarchs walking out these commandments. Granted, no one has a perfect. No one, no one does it perfect. You know, Yeshua, Yeshua gets it. Um, spot on. That's about it. Um, <laughs> He's the man, <laughs> or spotless. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what I'm trying to say, it, it, it's it's the heritage. And once 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 we once we get that, we I worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, who is Abraham? Who is Isaac? Who is Jacob? Where does this journey take us? Where does Israel begin? It begins with this seed, as you were saying. It begins from that 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 moment that Abraham that, that became a Hebrew, one who crossed over, and that, and and like Joe said, it's relatable back to us because we are one who crossed over. We crossed over from what we put on the new man. We yeah. crossed over. We crossed over the, um, death. That's what we done. We was reborn, re, uh, resurrected. Light um, from dark to light. From dark to light. From death from, to from, life. from Babylon to to, to the to promised Israel. land. One of the uh, <laughs> just to just to roll on with that that notion that you you. Exploring there, Jackie. Um, there's quite often well, one thing that I love about the Torah and, and going back to, to to the essence of the word and, and walking that through weekly <clears throat> is that identifying through our forefathers and seeing the foreshadow of, of Christ within our forefathers within the text. Now, quite often, I think there's a temptation to fall into when it when it with regards to the word is to identifying with the hero. Like I'm, I'm like David, and I'm slaying the giants. When quite often it, it 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 should be the the opposite, where we should be identifying with the cowards, and we should be identifying with the flaws of our forefathers. Yes, yes, yes. And and the 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 perfect um, symbiotic nature of the Torah and sanctification is that we get a glimpse into oh, the weakness of that. our forefathers. I love it. <laughs> which we're walking through today now like we yeah. said we can talk about the glory we can talk mm. about the bat and all of that but they were rich you know you've seen the memes moses was a murderer da, 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 and we're just the same so i, I think it's, it's 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 another insight into the weakness and the fr- fragility of man and the dependence on christ that we have and we see that in the torah week in and week out yeah, and it's a commandment the sabbath is a commandment and we read in the book of acts on the sabbath the law and the prophets was read. The Torah and the prophets was read, and we always say it, don't we? Don't we, brothers? Um, when we're reading the the Torah portion, which is just a just a, a section of of, of chapters mm. from the first five books of Moses, or, or from the from the books of Moses, first five, five books in the Bible for those who are listening online who are, who are unsure. When we're reading these segments of scripture, a couple of chapters. It's so relatable to our lives. Something that happens in in that segment of scriptures as we're reading it through on an annual cycle, it it, it, it it's almost like the, it's 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 it is the living word, isn't it? It starts it's a thing, lie, things in our reality. The story is our story. The, the yeah. Things in our reality start start happening, and we're like, wow, we've got these patriarchs, as you say, uh, patriarchs, matriarchs, Darren, who we can see who's went through these trials and tribulations, and and, and we've got this view of their life to to course correct ourselves. Mm. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Yeah. I am. I just got a scripture here. Uh, obviously, we've dealt with with our identity in Christ first and foremost. How that manifests physically in the partnership and the covenant with God, as you know, the the, the royal priesthood, the nation, the kahal, the assembly, the church. The church is Israel. You know, they're having an identity crisis. I think this is a potent scripture uh, for everyone. When we 
are negotiating what it is to have identity, what, what it means, what identity means. Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. That's potent. For as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. You know, and then that brings us now to the topic of mindset, majesty mindset, and um, say aligning. that one more time, bro. I just want to, just want to <laughs> meditate on that. <laughs> little, All right, yeah, okay. Just give, me a, just, give, just give me a sila. Give me a little. Yeah, give a little sila at the end there. Okay, it's Proverbs twenty-three, verse seven. For as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. For me, it's 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 coming up higher. It is 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 our mindset the kingdom again? Is our mindset our traumas? Is our mindset our hurts? Is our mindset unforgiveness? Is our mindset bitterness? Or is it redemption? Is it forgiveness? Hallelujah! Is it all spiritual blessings. Are we producing the fruits of the spirit? <laughs> that's that's the kingdom mindset, you know, and. Don't get me wrong. We're walking through our traumas every day. You know, the things that we've experienced, I, I get it. I truly get it. But when we, again, we, I go to the very first show we did, maturity. What does maturity mean? We've got to let go. We've got to, we've got to forgive others as, as Christ forgives forgives us. Um, so, again, just, just hammering home, that, home that, that, that notion of like, where's my mind at? What am I dwelling on? What am I thinking on? Paul says to focus on things that are pure and lovely, mm, you know, truly, truly, both in the physical and the spiritual. So again, it's just that encouragement of I, I, I truly, truly understand what it is like to be hurt by the world and, and those in it. And I say this to myself yet again: come up higher. That's not me. That's not my identity. My identity isn't in my abuse that I I, I, I suffered. My yeah. my identity isn't in the trauma that I. I I, I encountered as a as a child. That's that's not me. That is not me. It is, it is not. It is not you. It is not it's anyone. It's not anyone listening. You're not, that is not your by your error. You're not defined by that. Not, You're not defined, defined by, by your sin. sin. Hallelujah. We need to. We need to occupy that presence yeah. with more. You know, we cannot allow our thought process from our past to dictate our present future in Christ. Can but I, a lot of us do. You know. Yeah, we do. We do it. It's true. If um. If you don't mind, I've, I've got a word that somebody shared with me from a couple of years back, a very dear sister, and it's very much on the theme of this identity and, and letting go of, of, of the old traumas, and um, I'm sure she won't mind me sharing it. My life has been plagued with fear, fear of abandonment, rejection, feelings of unworthiness, uh, and not being enough to love. Performance, performance, performance perfection 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 it's been an exhausting way to live to feel love must always be earned but still think it won't be enough because you aren't enough to truly be lo loved mm. when a traumatic event occurs in your life or even one that could occurred in someone's life in your generations it literally leaves a mark in your dna and causes a soul wound Many irrational fears, false belief systems and the like stem from these traumatic wounds and until we come to a place of recognising something is really off, desiring inner healing and doing the work it takes to overcome, our lives will continue to function from this false paradigm. When you don't love yourself the way God intended you to see yourself through his eyes, you will settle for crumbs. 
you will find yourself not just in romantic relationships with takers, abusers, narcissists, but relationships of all kind with people who will continue to reinforce every single lie you have believed. Wow. Serious, serious. Here's the deal with coming into agreement with lies. As soon as you do, it gives legal right to the enemy to wreak havoc in your life, whether you realize it or not. This is why it's so important to ask the Holy Spirit to search you and know you, to reveal any lies you have agreed with or any open doors you may have. This is where the beautiful gift of repentance comes into play. If you don't partner with the Holy Spirit and do the inner work, this very false paradigm will continue to run your life. I can only speak from my own personal experience with this, so I wish I could tell you I had an experienced instantaneous healing, but it has been years of working with the Holy Spirit, and I still have to fight the lies that come into my head. I'm equipped now with the truth. So yeah, it's still a battle, but I now have the ability to step outside of myself and see through the lens of Abba. I do look forward to the day where I no longer have to fight this, where I'm fully healed and restored down to the DNA level. But until then, I know the truth and the truth will set me free. I know there are so many like myself who have had broken hearts, believed the lies that you aren't enough to love, are eaten up with the fear of rejection and abandonment, and struggle with a performance mentality. I want to speak life and truth to you today. I know that it's hard to believe that you are truly are lovable and more than enough at this moment in time. And that's okay. I want you to just open yourself up and receive these words. Let them penetrate your soul because I'm telling you with 100% certainty that one day very soon you will just believe it naturally. There is coming a day where you'll no longer second guess people when they tell you how much they love you, how important you are to them or want to give to you as much as you give to them. Friends, you are loved, you are loved and you are lovable to God and to others. You were designed by Yahweh perfectly and he hand-knit you into your mother's womb. You are more than enough. You are created in the very image of God himself. He chose specific attributes of himself to place inside you. He chose you to reside in.